Welcome back to another episode of Bipolar Bits Beats. This is your host with the most Bipolar Bits Bits Bits. I'm just kidding. Anyways, I want to continue from our episode the other day, our chat. Oh, before I do, I want to say thank you to the people who leave comments on rating my podcast. It's very nice. Now, some of you have left the uh, last some of you have left comments like you're all over the place and you're just rambling and you're just this and you're just that and I came here for this. Yep, that's that's right I am. That's why it's called bipolar bits. I like to ramble. This is mostly unscripted. I kind of decide what I want to talk about and then I do it. There will never be scripts. <clears throat> I don't like scripts because if you want a script, go read a fucking book. For the rest of you that can understand what's happening here and for the experience that I'm trying to give you, hopefully you're enjoying it. If not, eh, go fuck yourself. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. (laughs) Anyways, back to what I was saying. The new episode for today is recovery. We're going to call this chapter one. Because I want to expand on that. So, uh, I'm going to give you... ah, Damn it! I'm trying to get through this without saying, uh, uh, uh. I started to notice, like, some of my favorite influencers, how they say it on on television, on the YouTube podcast, whatever. I believe it's because, you know, they're just new to this stuff, and so am I. Or maybe they're not, and they just like saying, uh, whatever. Here we go. The The first thing that I want to discuss, and these are my personal experiences, again, for recovery, okay? My first step, I, I, I've tried everything first. I tried throwing money at it. I tried throwing drugs at it. I tried throwing, hanging out with people at it. That did not work. We're going to go over that later. I've got some fucking weird stories for you guys. I know I always promise weird stories, but you need to understand where I'm coming from. Divulging all of this is awkward for me. I was not raised in a place where we like to talk about ourselves. I, I in fact, fucking hate it. So doing this podcast is a way to push me out of my own comfort zone. And and it's still just, it's complicated, okay? So in my experience, when I started all of this in recovery, the you know, after doing all these other out outsource things, these things that were outside of me, I realized coming full circle, one of my mentors and for business, it was Gary V and he's also a psychological type brain rewriting mentor, right? So you should go check him out by the way, Gary V. He brought up a point that you needed to be squared away at home before you could go out and produce anything that was not only decent, but true. Now in learning this, I did, I I understood what he was saying, or I heard what he was saying, but maybe I didn't understand it. So for three or four years, again, I tried to bury it with whatever I could, whether it was surrounding myself with good gear. I now have some of the Gucciest fucking gear I could ever want. I have so many toys. I, as an adult, like, and I'm not talking about X-Men figures. I'm talking about like adult toys, cameras, you know, equipment, studio equipment, some of it that I broke, but on accident, but, um, um, damn it. 
Or was I? Well, anyways, all these things, but none of them made a difference. Okay? Because at the end of the day, if you don't trust yourself, you can't trust anyone else. Not only that, if you don't trust yourself, you you fucking can't go anywhere. Who who could live and not like trust you're the person. You're it, man. Right? Your wife could leave you, your dad's going to die, your brothers could die, your sisters could die, everyone around you is going to die, you know, God forbid, hopefully it happens late in life for you guys, I hope, but but it's going to happen and you're left with yourself. And if you don't trust yourself, if you're constantly sabotaging yourself, you're fucked. And when it comes to recovery, you have to trust yourself, right? You can go to all the therapists in the world. You can pay all the fucking money in the world. But until you trust you, it's not going to matter. And trust me, <laughs> right? Trust yourself, but trust me first. I'm just kidding. Trust me and my experience in realizing that by being bipolar, it can really fuck with you even when you don't think that it is. We'll go into that later. If I can even explain that, I'll try. <clears throat> Excuse me, I burped. <clears throat> so, trusting yourself. Trusting yourself. Now, so let's go down to the root of people and talk about people. When you're coming up and you're growing, you're supposed to build these relationships with your parents and early on about until the age of four. Okay. And you have this little window to build these healthy relationships. So that way you can understand what it's like to for lack of a better word, play. Now I know some of you guys are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But hear me out, okay? When you go from one to four, if you don't have this healthy kind of way to, to vent through yourself, right? Then it kind of becomes a lingering problem, all right? And what I'm trying to say is, is if you don't learn to socialize, you end up with the antisocial disorders and the ADDs and... and the inability to look appealing to other people. Now, of course, you're going to say, well, what does it matter if I look appealing to other people? It doesn't. But I know a couple of bipolar people who didn't. Oh, that's my chair. Don't worry about it. I need a new chair. This one's been broken for like two years, maybe three. I broke it the first week I got it. It was weird. I have bad luck with chairs. Anyways, I know a couple of bipolar people, one in specific who's actually a close friend who he he doesn't have any kind of trust for anything and he barely trusts himself and he told me this, right? Uh, a long time ago, we had multiple we've had tons of discussions about this, but he told me this and for him, you know, I watched him just be lonely. All the fucking time. This was a good friend of mine. I grew up with him. I went to high school with him. And actually, he's gone right now. Uh, when I went into my business venture, he didn't trust himself to come around because I was working so much. And he decided, he was like, man, I'm going to, you know, probably hang out with you less because you work a ton. And, you know, it's not what I want to do, which is cool. But the kid, 
never trusted himself. And because he never trusted himself, he could never build confidence. And because he could never build confidence, he's just lonely, right? But we're not here to talk about being lonely. We're here to talk about how to trust yourself and why you need to trust yourself so you can move on with your life. Because this is all part of recovery. If, if you are a bipolar person and you're listening to this, I promise you, you probably don't give yourself enough credit. There's enough people in the world without disorders that aren't giving themselves credit. This is a, a little bit, a little tiny, tiny handicapable problem. And you need to give yourself more credit. So entrusting yourself. Now here's the key to it. Here's, here's where it gets real different and it jumps over from science to just you. Okay. To trust yourself, you have to know yourself. Right now, cliche. Yes. Fortune cookie. Maybe bottom of a Snapple cap. Not likely. They have really cool facts on those. But if you don't know who you are, how the fuck can you be happy? That's the question, right? If you don't know what you want, you can't be happy. So you need to learn how to trust what you want. Now, let me give you a few examples and stories. Because that's what we do here in Bipolar Bits Bits. We give story time. No, we don't. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Okay. Let me tell you about the first story. A couple summers ago, I was working in a rich neighborhood. When I say rich, I mean super rich. We're talking Bugattis. We're talking Beamers were the lowest class car. We're talking Audis. We're talking Teslas. We're talking before they were 30 grand. I don't even know what Jaguars, Lamborghinis, Ducatis, just tons and tons of fucking vehicles that I had never seen before. Oh, I was working in a gas station. I wanted to be like Soda Pop, you know, from the Greek... Uh, the outsiders, greasers, right? I love greasers. So I wanted to work in a gas station for a little bit. So I did. So here I am and I'm working in this gas station and we have these regulars and there's this nice kid that comes in, right? Drives a Beamer. Kid can't be more than like 20 years old. Okay. He works. Uh, I think he, he worked at the, the BMW dealership, right? Sorry, I'm tired. Just got off work. So he so he works at this dealership. He's always coming in, kids loaded, just smokes fucking pot all the time. You know, he's doing drugs, he's partying, he's drinking heavy. He's just having a good time. This kid's, you know, he's got it made. He, he lives with his family. I'm I shouldn't say that. He doesn't have it made, he, but he's living the high life, not the Miller high life like the good life, okay? So he comes in one night and we're just bullshitting like we, we do when he comes in, just talking about whatever. And somehow we got to talking. We ended up talking about another state, you know, and somehow we made mention, basically found out that I wasn't from like Cleveland. And we talked about that. And 
he was basically like, man, I really want to move. Sorry, I hit the... I'm holding this pop mic filter, pop filter, like, in my hand. And I'm holding the mic stand up, so if I make weird noises, I'm sorry. And he goes, I really want to move. He's like, I'm so excited. I, I got, I'm kind of planning it out. Like, this kid had been kind of digesting this for a while. You could tell he had some good ideas in what he wanted to do. And he had the money and everything. So... He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to move, blah, 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 blah. He's going on about it. So in the following weeks, now this kid's a regular, he's coming in, and I would ask him, hey, man, when are you going to move? Like, you're so stoked about it. What's up? When are you leaving? You know, it'll be good for you. And, excuse me, he basically comes in one day, and he says, yeah, I'm not leaving. And I was like, but you, but you're so excited. I said, what happened? You were so excited. Like literally weeks ago, you were like up and up and ready to go. And he looks at me and he says, yeah, man, I really, really do want to go, but I got family here. Okay. So he tells me that. And I said, well, why do you want to go anyway? And he says, uh, you know, I wanted to leave because I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to experience the world, you know, a different part of the world, different part of the country by myself and not have my family there. Now, mind you, his family's culture, I'm not going to like say what ethnicity was or anything, but his family's culture believed in being more involved in the in the life of whoever they're with, their, their children, right? They're kind of like... In this culture, they've had prearranged marriages. I'll just put that out there. So so he's in this culture, and now, you know, he's like, I really want to leave, but then he changes his mind due to family. You know, my family doesn't want to leave. They're here, so I feel stuck here. Now, basically what happens is some of our conversations turn into that. Him talking about... You know, he wants to leave, but now he's stuck here with his family. I told him one time, well, we'll get into this later, but I told him one time that I had had a plan for the same thing. And my story was a little tiny bit different because I had actually left. But, you know, well, we'll get into it. But I told him, I was like, man, you're young. You should go. If you in your heart know that you want something... You need to go after it, regardless of who is telling you what and whatever else, because it's your life. Now, again, I know this shit seems corny, but you need to understand where it's coming from. Being a bipolar person, you're going to have this shit that you don't want drilled into your head. There are enough normal people that have these problems why would you not think a person whose emotions are up and down against their will are not going to have these problems? Okay, go watch a Gary Vee video and look at the very basic questions where people are like, oh, I'm 19 years old. Should I do this? Why not? You have no responsibilities. You're by yourself. You have all the capabilities in the world. Why would you not? Now, again, having to do with recovery, this is 
the first step in understanding what you want, because that doesn't go away. Okay. When you stay here for mom and dad or auntie, uncle, cousin, brother, sister, girlfriend, whatever. Okay. And I've met guys who like opted out of the military for girls, which is, that's just whatever. But when you do this, that piece of you, it doesn't go away. You just bury it. Right. And if you bury something like that, it can grow and fester into negativity, basically, right? And we all have pieces of this. I'm not saying we all have crazy plans that we want to do when we were younger that we didn't do, but some of us do. But some of us just have these pieces that they compartmentalize because the people that they choose to surround themselves with, whether it's blood family, adopted family, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever... We all have these little pieces in us that we bury when we think other people don't want us to do it. So we decide not to. That's unhealthy. So it, as you do this, as you do this stuff, it grows and becomes a habit as all things do. If you come home, you kick your shoes off, you get a beer and you sit in front of Netflix every night, that's a fucking habit. You're doing that all the time and now you're becoming used to it and that's your life. You're becoming comfortable, right? So going back to what we were saying about the kid thing, if you don't have a healthy relationship with your parents, you basically end up not knowing how to really live that, how to really accept what you need to do, because you end up with these curious questions. And I know you're like, what the fuck does me at 19 have to do with me as a kid and not having parents? It's all relative, man, because your circle is your circle. Okay. I'm doing the little circle right now with my hand over my eye. This is your circle. This is your fucking life. I can't tell you what is going on in there. I can't tell you what's happening in there. I can't tell you what to do. I can simply give you guidelines and advice to to counteract not only normal fucking society, but yourself, which is the big main antagonizer in your life if you are bipolar. Now, if you're, you're not bipolar and you're listening to this for somebody else, you can still take something from it because all of us are human. So we all have the stressors and whatever. Now, moving on, here's this kid doesn't want to leave. Fast forward to a buddy of mine that I'm speaking to right now, bipolar guy, right? Met him. He became a huge fan and he wanted to speak to me because he found out we have a shit ton in common actually some a lot of some some of my writers do have it's odd very odd anyways this kid and i shared not only being bipolar not only having some very odd parents but also we shared the choice in career path and we were also shot down in our career path for reasons out of our control we'll say excuse me i had to burp again okay So I've been speaking with this gentleman and he's young too, very young guy, Uh, not even 21 yet. I think he's 20. So his experience with being bipolar, his diagnosis, his research, everything just came up and we'll talk about him more later because, you know, it's good to expand on other people's bipolar disorders other than mine, because it's good to learn from other people. That's why you're here, right? Okay. Now, the difference between him and the rich kid is this. I was speaking with my the buddy, 
Uh, and he, he was like, man, I'm moving. And I was like, really, when is that happening? And he goes, oh man, I, you know, like a month. He's like, I have this much X amount of money saved. And he, he has a decent amount of money saved for himself. He's a single guy, no girlfriend, no chore, uh, chores, <laughs> no responsibilities, no girlfriend, no children. Right. So he's moving. Now I asked him, I said, why are you moving? And his answer was just to get away from my family. He's going to move across the country because he wants to live on his own, have his own life, experience his own shit, and be away from a very, very pushy, we'll say, family. Now, why do I bring all this up in the grand scheme of things? Because I want to point out that the guy who's not bipolar that I know of, he couldn't do it because of other people. But you could tell on his face that he was sad about it. And here's this bipolar kid who has no issues, knows what he wants, and is going to go for it. That's important. That takes us back to knowing yourself. If you don't know yourself, you can't know where to go. So, when I, and when I think back... Here's an odd thing too. When I think back to people who are who moved, like a bunch of my buddies joined the military right out of school and left, right? One of my a bunch of actually really good friends. One of my best friends did that and she she is very very unique because everything she did I'm not going to say that she did it on her own because I don't know, but she didn't have parents. And so her decision to do that, she, she excels in the experimentation of life. She's not afraid to get the fuck out there and do it and just live it. Right. Does she know herself? No, I don't think she knew herself any more than the next kid. I think she just had the balls to go and it worked out for her. Okay, so what I was going to say was in, in knowing people who've just jumped ship and gone and left and moved on and just been like, hey, I'm ready to experience. I'm going for it versus people who change their minds or decided to stay for another person or decided to that they, you know, oh, this year's not my year. Maybe next year. Oh, maybe next year. Oh, maybe next year. And procrastinated and procrastinated. Uh, the people who jump ship are happier legit happier and it's I'm not saying it's because they have a better life because me and this friend we compare lives all the time and I swear to god every single time she's like I'll take your life over mine which is interesting it's not because I have a ton of money or anything weird like that it's because I have a great family my my family that I built not the family that I was raised by my family that I built she doesn't have that. It's one of life's experiences that she's never seen. And she, that's what she wants. Right. So, so it's, it's very interesting to speak to somebody who knows themselves because they're generally very happy. Even now she's really happy. She's like, well, it'll come and it will, it will. I hope it does for her. But knowing who you are can help you in so many ways. And again, we're going to expand on that later. Okay. 
But the key is to trust yourself. So here's my story. When I was younger, uh, I knew what I wanted to do. And I was just waiting. I decided to spend a summer messing around. There was a female involved, of course, as there always is in most crazy stories. I left home five days after I walked across and got my diploma. I just left. I didn't even tell anybody. The day I was leaving, people were like, why do you have a bag? And I said, I'm out. I don't. I have stuff to do. I'm getting on the road. And I did. For like three months. It was really interesting. We'll talk about that later too. And uh, I ended up coming back for family, ironically. And when I came back for family, I ended up having, I ended up getting a girl pregnant and then my family left. This was all in like within a year of me graduating, leaving the state, planning to do what I was going to do, and then coming back here for family, having a kid here, and then having them leave. I mean, having the kid wasn't a year, but I mean, once the girl was pregnant, it was kind of like a, a do or die type of thing. Like, I wasn't going to give my kid up, so there you go. Have I always regretted it? No, because I have great children and I wouldn't trade my kid for anything. But looking back, I know that I changed my life for somebody else and it took me down a path that would that would fucking set a course forever. When you have kids, it's a pretty big deal. Listen, if you're bipolar, try to wait until you have this under control to have kids. It's a lot easier. This is we'll talk about that later, though. So I trusted myself enough to leave, but I felt bad enough that I came back and that was it, man. That was the game for me. Checkmate, right? I was going to follow my kid anywhere he or she went. And that's what was important to me. I knew that that decision was going to be important to me. I knew that was going to be my decision. What I didn't know was was that it was going to come so fast. Okay. Now, We're not talking about that right now, but let's just say being bipolar did not help with all of that situation. All right. Trusting yourself can guide you to so much. The reason I brought up earlier about kids and not building that trust is this reason. I didn't have a father growing up. I had a like father figures. Yeah, fucking course. Everybody, a lot of people do. I was blessed to have some people around me. Mine, ironically, were like real fucking goofy like my neighbor almost became my adopted dad like legit my parents almost signed me over to my neighbor because I spent so much time at this guy's house okay and but but being young and not having a father around who I trusted left trust out of me and in turn over the years that built into something that I was carrying. And then once I became kind of self-aware as an adult, it fucking crippled me. Legit. I don't trust myself in the sense that eventually not only not trusting myself, not only did I not trusting myself, but it also became part of me to hate myself. And when you're bipolar and the target sets on somebody, it's bad. And when it sets on you, it's fucking brutal. Do you want to know why? Because you're always in the room with you. So 
every fucking bad moment you have, if it, the fucking gun is pointed at you, you're screwed. And I'm not talking about a real gun. I'm talking about a metaphorical, hey, I'm bipolar. Hey, I'm going to make myself feel like shit. Hey, I'm not good enough. Hey, I can't do it. Hey, I'm not smart enough. Hey, fuck me. I don't deserve it. Whatever, man. All of that garbage that you build into your fucking brain is amplified by being bipolar. Am I saying that other people don't have that? No, of course not. We all do, even the regular people. But when you're bipolar, it's like supercharge me, okay? So in recovery, you must learn to trust yourself. If you start learning to trust yourself, life will become smooth at least until you have a manic episode, right? So here's an example, two different examples, okay? You have a job that you hate. You really hate it, you really hate it, you really hate it, but you make great money, okay? And that's about it. And you hate it. And you tell yourself every day that you hate it, okay? Now, if you're doing this and you're going to that job, and you're not doing anything to move to the next job, that is an example of not trusting yourself. Instead of doing something for yourself that's going to be mentally healthy, you're taking the money. And is the money going to save you? No. I got a buddy, probably makes 110k a year. He is the most unhappy motherfucker in the universe. The dude is so loaded. And when I see him, he's like, yeah, bro, I'm a, uh, I'm so sad. I fucking just hate my life and I'm unhappy and this could have gone this way. And I'm like, dude, you could literally take two weeks off and go to like the Caribbean and nobody would even notice. And you, your pocket, your wallet wouldn't even take a hit. And you're going to complain to me about how shitty your life is. It makes no sense to me. But he doesn't trust himself. Not only that, he didn't have a father. He doesn't have any confidence. He didn't build that confidence. It became a thing. And now he pretty much sits around and hates himself. I don't even think this guy's bipolar. I think he just fucking genuinely hates himself. And he's sad and salty. He's a mentor of mine of which I don't want to end up like. So there's that. Right? Don't trust yourself. You'll never know what you really want. That's an example of the material ways. Now with people, if you don't trust yourself and you have poisonous, toxic people in your life and you can't get rid of them because you can't be honest with yourself, again, those are weights dragging you down. Whether you believe it or not, that's what's happening. Okay? So you need to trust yourself on this road to recovery first. Yes, you're listening to a podcast. Yes, you're reading books. Yes, you're going on YouTube and you're watching 10 things not to do about to do to a bipolar bipolar person. 10 things that bipolar people say. 10 things and you're like, "Well, am I going to do that? Am I like that? Does my mom feel that way? Do my does my girlfriend feel that way around me?" Fuck, who knows? But if you don't start trusting yourself, you're not going to be happy. And if you're not happy, you're going to put that out into the universe and it's going to fuck with your world anyway. So it doesn't matter. So the first step, trust yourself.
So the money thing is one thing. Let's try one with diet. Here's an example for me. I love donuts, but I hate even more being a fatty. So that's a constant battle for me. Do I eat the donut and be pudgy? Or do I not eat the donut because even though I love it and it's full of sugar and I be skinny and happier. And I'll tell you what, being skinnier and happier mentally is way better for a bipolar person than stuffing those Krispy Kremes in your mouth. Put the donuts down, people. That's it for now. Trust yourself, guys. It's little decisions. Start small. If you tie your shoes in a way you don't like, change it. If you're wearing a shirt you don't like because your mom bought it for you, stop wearing it. Okay. If you dislike your style, get on YouTube, look it up, change it. You can be whoever you want to be. Being bipolar is not who you are. It is simply there. It has nothing to do with who you are, man. I promise. Okay. And once you get a hold of it and you trust yourself, You'll be able to trust yourself and to make the healthier decisions to deal with this. This is your host, Bipolar Bits Bits Bits. If you guys want to get a hold of me, bipolarbits13 at gmail.com. I want to hear from you guys. I hope you guys are all well. I hope you're finding answers. I really do. Have a good day.